This is the Dredge Land Podcast Spectacular, episode 400 and what is it? Seven. It's episode seven. <laughs> and we're very, very pleased to have with us the man behind and in front of, uh, for my money, the funniest show on television. That is my opinion. Wow. Yeah, that is my opinion. Now, I know wow. you disagree. <laughs> well, I, I watch a lot of Challenge TV. Mm. <laughs> that is challenging for the viewers. <laughs> it is challenging. Mm. And now, first of all, Mr. Darren Dutton, thank you for coming. You're welcome. So tell us, what are you eating at the moment? Uh, I'm eating, it seems to be some sort of wrap with uh, something contained therein. Okay. Uh, it's a wrap, right? That's the end. It's Is a wrap. You say? Yeah, that's it. That's it's it. a wrap. Game over. <laughs> Um, uh, you're a director, you see. You understand that sort of uh, technical speak. Uh, I've never heard it in my life. Okay, that's that's going to be again challenging. <laughs> it's challenging for not only the viewers but the listeners. But the listeners. Indeed. I just want to draw your attention to the green stuff that's in this. Did you request it? Um, I can't remember. It does look. Av- it looks like an avocado. To I me. didn't say put some green stuff in it. Again, shall we shame the uh, food limited? Darren, have you ever yeah. sat near a good, goods lift in this sort of way before? Concept. I know you're eating, but mm. see what you can do um, with that. <laughs> never in this proximity. Never um, in this particular. No. Not in this um, particular sphere. No. Okay. Um, are you? Uh, I'm intimidated I was by gonna, it. I was going to go with intimidated, um, but I also wondered if you you're intrigued. You're intrigued uh, by it. I, I'm, I'm more scared of it than in okay. fear. It, yeah, it does look quite. Uh, I mean, we're all waiting for it to open. Let's admit that. It's yeah. fear and loathing near a good. That's the title of this week's podcast. It's not for public use. No. See, so I who gets that. to use it? Well, if it's not, if it's not the public. This is the question. <laughs> Animals, uh, chimps. Yep. Uh, it's a chimps well, lift. Yeah. It's more of an animal sort of service. It's a very administrative lift. Um, so admin goes up and down. Admin goes up and Yeah, they mainly use it for admin. Mm. Yeah. yeah. A chimp admin. I, I would agree. Mm. Yeah. I mean, mm. you can never have too much chimp monkey admin. admin. Yeah. Mon- yeah. Ah, ah. Uh, is there a difference between monkeys and chimps in, when it comes to admin? Darren? Um, <laughs> it's today's I'm not an expert. Question. <laughs> I'm not an expert. Who is? Um, Who is? These days. I, I'm quite happy to go with the flow, monkeys, chimps, the whole the whole sort of area. You're, you're an equal opportunities employer. Uh, I like to think so. Yeah. Apes, what's your view of them? Uh, I don't see any apes at the moment. No. See, if we That's had a monolith right. nearby, yes. that would attract any okay, apes bring, in the area. I'd just like to bring the Kubrick. attention to the listener that the goods lift is about to become an operation. Oh my god. This, this is, this is live, this not is planned. Mm. Looks a bit planned. Mm. Live and indirect. Here we go. Here we We're going to get full operation any minute now mm. of the Greenside number two goods lift. Not for public consumption. 2001 style music while this occurs. What do you think? Yep. Can we overdub that? After you. Yeah, I thought you, you haven't bought any. I haven't brought an orchestra no. with me, John. No, you've got, you got your bag. I you? do have my bag. There's an orchestra available somewhere in the South Bank Centre, so maybe. Can we telephone them? <laughs> we can what try. Andy's off. There's a telephone number of the orchestra. Four. Four. <laughs> yeah, it's a very, very small number. <laughs> it's a cutback. It's, it's, it wasn't ex- as exciting or fearful as I'd hoped, but it does have flashing lights. Just having a. Nosy in the goods lift there. He looked inside there. Yeah. What, did you, what did you see? Flashing lights. Flashing that lights. Was, that I was, can confirm this. Yeah. yeah. It's so like it's, a, it's maybe it's a little bit more extraterrestrial than we can. Took I didn't get a, a full glimpse within lift. <laughs> were there any apes and or were there apes? Were there peacocks? Were there any animals mm. inside? 
I didn't see okay. any. That doesn't mean there weren't any there. Again, we'll have to take it to an adjudicator, I think. Mm. It could have been invisible, as far mm. as we know. Okay, well, thanks very much for your time, John. No problem. <laughs> now, Darren Dutton is also with us. <laughs> Hello. Darren, Hello. How, how is that rap? Because, you know, you're um, really... We're going to get doing, through it, aren't we? We're I think we are in the next five it's hours. Not, it's not great. Again, yeah. shaming mm. Food Limited. Shaming Food Limited for their obvious but problems. Can I just add that um, the reason I've got this is because you get extra points on your card if you buy this by a certain date. So it means right. I can buy this now and get some reward points to getting something else that I prefer right. later on. I should have just got something that I prefer. You could have got something you preferred. I should have um, just done that. How it would have been reward, less expensive. How many reward points do you need? Um, I, for, for, for a sandwich or, or a salad, it's 500 points. I now That's have, a lot of points. I have 605 points. Wow. But what do points mean? mean? Hot drink. What do points mean? I have no idea. Prizes. <laughs> is it? Yeah. According to the is late that the di- is, that, is that the direct translation? The, from points. the uh, Swahili. Right. I believe. I believe. Just have a think. <laughs> <laughs> Don't he's, leave it too he's, long. No. He's finished having a think. I've had, I've had a think. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is now completed. But yeah, is 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 rap really the new frontier when it comes to uh, the sandwich-based format? Mm. Do they do toasties? Would um, they offer an alternative uh, sandwich? I, I I think you'll really have to stick it up with them. I'm not. <laughs> Food I'm, limited. I'm, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not at liberty to sell. I mean, I, I buy their work, and I sample enjoy- it, but I don't Darren, have any we can't, we can't connection. Just, we can't just take them. it up with them. We have asked you here <laughs> for me today. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> what's their phone number? Is it three? Again, six, six, six. I'll, I'll give them a call. Give them a quick call on six. Give them a call, and we'll find out. So, Darren, uh, thank you very much for coming. Oh, uh, we've already done. See, he's eating the. There he is. Said Interview complete with Can we do this week's mumbled question? This week's mumbled... Can we have this week's mumbled answer? <laughs> okay, so the mumbled question is simply... In the morning. There's a second part. Yeah, it's a two-parter. Here comes the answer. I'm <laughs> the that is interesting. I would have accepted that. I would have accepted it. <laughs> Originally, you would have accepted that. But Unfortunately, now, it's unacceptable. <laughs> it's unacceptable. It's the unacceptable yeah. answer. It's, it's the unacceptable face <laughs> of the answers. Indeed. These but days. again, audio. Just audio. Go. Just audio. Just audio. Mm. Just audio. Thanks for that question, Darren. John. That's so, good. Mm. Right. So you are basically the man responsible for uh, Big Field, oh, yeah. which is, to my mind, the funniest program, as I say, on at the moment. What? What? Although it's what? not what actually on at the moment, so what does no. that tell you? Yeah, <laughs> mm. yeah, but, uh, indeed. Um, first question: what, 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 what does your dad have to do with a cranky? Because <laughs> I, I saw yes, on this, Twitter yesterday. Yeah. Twitter this thing. was yeah. trending on Twitter yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> you, you mentioned your dad was mm. something to do with the crankies. Now this is good. This is mm. fascinating to me. Mm, mm, Can mm. you elaborate and or answer? Okay, I shall. Um, so. I grew up in Blackpool, that's where I'm from, and when I was growing up, uh, my dad used to work backstage at the North Pier Theatre, and he worked there for probably about 10 years. And every summer season, I'd get to go backstage, and I'd meet the Crankies, or I'd meet Cannonball, or uh, Les Dennison, Dustin G, Russ Abbott, Bella Emberg, mm, um, yeah. Joe Longthorne, Roy Walker, oh, Lenny Henry, that's interesting because um, he sort of he was part of that mm. thing at the start and we, we sort of forgotten that yeah uh, 
this would have been around about 83 so just before he turned the alternative corner I think he was still doing his Frank Spencer impersonations he was in 83 in, in 83 yeah. yeah I think so and he was on Tiswas at that point as well I, I believe so I believe that to be the case so my dad used to he was a um, he was the head flyman which is basically the person in charge of um, pulling up all the curtains so it was a very manual labour job it took a few lads big lads who'd all had a pint actually <laughs> now I think about it uh, to pull up the curtains uh, up and down these gauzes and things um, and as I say did that for so many years and then um, it all started going automated they all had machines doing this kind of thing mm -hmm. so um, but I think it was the right time for him to go he'd had enough um, and there isn't really a season thing going on in Blackpool now anyway but it's the, it was the heyday of, of Blackpool Seaside Entertainment. North Pier, can't really top that, apart from the Opera House, I suppose. So but. did you used to go and see all the shows and mm -hmm. stuff? So that, to... so that must have been fascinating for the kids. Mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of your favourites, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, Never, ever forget them. I Never forget saw Russ Abbott in his underpants, if that's any use to you. Was that a like? To take that on board. I'm taking it. I've done. I, I Do you want I've it? Done. I'm going to have, have it. it. I'm, I'm going to have that. It's yours. Is it safe? Um, it's safe. It's of course safe. It is. Okay. Russ is a lovely man. Yeah. Um, and I think what it was, I was like kind of introduced to all the cast. And I think probably my dad just entered the dressing room at the wrong moment. That's fine. Uh, but he didn't seem phased by it. He was quite happy to give me an autograph in his, in, his, in his underpants. Were they, were they all sort of nice to? people yeah. come backstage yeah. and it was yeah. a sort of friendly atmosphere there yeah they must have been like chuffed to be on there yeah I think so um, so that must have been around the madhouse times so I mean that was were... a, that was a big thing for me we, we, so how old were you when that was Gosh, roughly about about, oh, very, very uh, about eight or nine well so or was nine. I pretty yeah. yeah and that was a massive show Russ had yeah because yeah. in um, fact he took over from Freddie Starr who walked out yeah um, but that was a big deal. Yeah, Les Dennis and Dustin G. They were all in that show. Yeah. Was yeah, that an Bella influence on you? So that must have influenced your uh, um, sort of mind a little I, bit seeing all that. I think it must have done. I think it must have done. But, um, but not consciously. No, no. I think it was much. It was later. It was, it was until I saw Monty Python, really. That's when I kind of thought, oh, this is, this is interesting. This is the direction I'd like to to have a go at so when did you see Python was it on the telly because it, it was late wasn't it, it was, so yeah. you were growing up after it had been on yeah yeah so yeah been uh, so thing. the BBC did a series of repeats in 87 yeah I remember that and yeah. they showed the second and third series and I just joined it midway through the second series and was immediately just hooked on it completely obsessed about it um I used to kind of audio record the shows from the telly because, you know, we had a video, but it was out of excuse me, out of bounds uh, for the likes of me at that point. Um, so, um, yeah, that would have been around that time. So I was really influenced by. So did it, was it the sort of silliness of it that you liked, or was it uh, the intelligence of it? Or? It was both, I think. Mm. Um, I think it was just having a, almost like, because it's a nice age, I was about 12 or something like that when I first saw it. It's nice, nice sort of thing when you're trying to find something that you're into and you latch onto something that nobody else is really talking about and you have your own little thing. Uh, 
And to be, you know, there was me and maybe two or three mates at school who used to talk about it. Nobody else was bothered about it. So it was quite a cool thing to be into, I think. So this was like pre-internet stuff. Oh, you yeah. You had to just talk to your mates in the playground about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, I mean, you hear comics talk, talk about it all the time, saying, you know, they recite stuff in, in the school playground, but that's kind of literally what would happen. Well, goes through think? the show. See, the, the thing, because when I saw Big Field, I thought, right, now I understand something that's on telly that's funny. Now there's something for me. Mm. Because, like, I, I personally don't, you know, I'm not a big stand up fan myself, personally. No. You know, to mm. me, it's not that interesting. Mm. And, and what you do, I don't know, is sort of a whole world in itself or something. Um, I think what, like, that's what attracted me about Python was that it just felt like a world that you were going into you dipped in you went in and you had this mad sort of thing for half an hour and then you were out there again so what, what do you think of like the current uh, comedy climate you know on telly and stuff like that there's not a lot of it about actually there's you not seen there's a lot of it about that <laughs> yeah <channels>. yeah <laughs> um but mm. there, there, there doesn't seem to I mean there's lots of panel shows there's lots of panel shows lots of stand up I mean um, I've enjoyed staff uh, gets uh, Let's Flats that's been a highlight uh, recently. It's more sitcom stuff. There didn't tend to be any sketchy stuff because I guess the internet has kind of taken that. So if you want to do small scale stuff, um, you see, pre-internet, I guess Big Field would have been like a 10 minute show on BBC Two or something. But now that you know you have the internet, all the kind of small short form stuff uh, ends up ends up there. Because um, it is unusual to see something like that on telly these days. I yeah, think, I feel. Yes, definitely. I, I, I think it's. Uh, I think the internet is where you can experiment and try stuff out. I think TV land is actually quite conservative. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how the hell did you get? You know, something that maybe is quite unusual to get on telly. How, how did it end up? You know, on TV. Um, well, it's. I just like to add it. It's only been on telly once, actually, on telly once. Um, it's been on the internet uh, and on the BBC Three site, but it made it to BBC Two. We had one show on BBC Two, which was rather cool. Um, I think I read again on Twitter. You were driving home, and somebody said to you, yeah. "You know, it's on," and you yeah. had no idea it was going to be on. Yeah. <laughs> it was insane. It was like I had like about twenty missed calls from my wife. <laughs> I picked up like. Ah, big fields on time. So I don't right. even know about it. But um, so it's so it's been on the internet. It's been, it's on, been on the internet. Uh, and how to get? Um, it was something I wanted to make. And um, in my experience before, when I've taken ideas places, uh, it's always best to have something made of it already. If I went to a commission editor with that idea on paper, I just know it, they wouldn't get it. It wouldn't make any sense to them. Which is fair enough because it would just say on a piece of paper, you know, cut. Up, mime stuff and it'd be hard to kind of think about what it was so my conscious decision was like right make it and then show it to somebody uh, so that was the idea so uh, made it and then took it to Shane Allen at BBC I'd already kind of done some stuff for him in previous years so he was sort of con- he was on my radar sort of thing contact wise so I sent it to him and immediately he got back and said it was it timed really well because BBC Three were just looking for um, some short form uh, online stuff. They'd just moved online, so we were looking for really catchy small stuff, uh, and it just kind of sat right there straight away. Mm. Um, so I think we'd made a couple of episodes, and by the time 
we'd even made the second episode it'd already been commissioned for BBC Three um, on the back of the first one really and didn't Shane Allen have something to do with Vic Reeves Big Night Out originally I think it was something to do with that so he would have it's um, not, oh he I, certainly had he was no, he, I know that way. he worked he worked with Vic and Bob on Shooting Stars I think that's where he first oh, met right. them oh okay cool. uh, and then he's moved on and become a producer I don't think he's I don't think he's produced them um, but right. Alex Moody is also at the BBC she's um, produced Vic and Bob before they've got a new show coming Vic and Bob yeah did you see the pilot at Christmas all the, all, all the yes. uh, sketch the uh, new the new big night yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's already uh, in production yeah yeah there's yeah. another four of those been made and they're going out I, fairly soon I would think I know they've been recorded last month or the month before because that's another I mean I guess they're influential to you yeah and to us as well yeah it's this weird strand of comedy that mm. is you know on its own it's not like all this other conventional stuff and you've no. still got the odd, I think Harry Hill's a little bit yeah, yeah Alien sort of Time Capsule is probably the only other thing on TV at the moment that yeah. is really off the wall yeah. and they've given him the freedom or, well, it feels like they've given him the freedom to just oh, yeah. go for it it's amazing and it's, it's so good it's amazing There's, again very little like it in its yeah. time slot I think because he's got that pedigree of being on ITV for yeah. years he, he's not licensed to do it I think it would be tough for anybody else to, to get so. in there so you I mean so you you, you had um, so the guy got back to you and said we're going to put this on BBC Three. Yeah. And you'd been building up to that because uh, you, you'd won uh, a sketch competition, BBC sketch competition. Is that, is yeah. that right? Yeah. A, year, a long time ago. A long time ago. Many, many. It was about fifteen years ago. Now. Remember when they used to do the new comedy awards on telly? Um, right. And it, it was the first year that it had shifted to BBC Three, so not many people saw it. But it was the year that Rod Gilbert won the stand-up award. So that's how far we're going back. Um, but I mean that was that was good just because it gave you license to kind of go to people and say look I've just won this award you know which happened which happened that summer actually I just went straight to Channel 4 I think and just said you know is there anything for me to do yeah. and um, got a couple of things away there on, on various pilots and things were you were you were writing at this point or directing? Writing, yeah. Well, a bit of both. Uh, writing, I tend to direct my own. So I probably wouldn't be comfortable directing other people's stuff. I guess it's just it's that whole Woody Allen thing of uh, like to oversee what you're doing to make sure it's been done right. Um, because if you'd given that script to Big Phil to somebody, they yeah. would not have understood. No, it. I don't think so. I don't I think mean, so. What it's very do is, individual. You can see the link back to all these people that I like, but you've yeah. got your own sort of style because it's this mashup thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where did, how did you discover that style? You know, how would, maybe you could explain what that is a little bit. You know, okay. the style of what you do. Style. Um, or I could. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, because it's very unusual. I mean, when I saw it, I thought it's a bit like stuff I've seen before that I really like, but it's got its own uh, sort of. It's yeah, just, it's different as well. It's definitely picked up. I mean, there's definitely bits of Vic and Bob that I've picked up there. I mean, they, I saw them on tour would have been mid '90s, and they did this amazing thing. And I remember it was a thing that stood out for me from the whole show. Uh, and they, I think it was a tortoise. I'm not sure if it was a tortoise. Anyway, Vic pulled out this tortoise or whatever it was and he interviewed it <laughs> uh, but all the answers were from some stock tape this. it was a crab uh, it was a crab of course it was it. Yeah. yeah yeah and that for me I remember just watching it just in absolutely hysterics just 
how on earth did they come up with that? Because, uh, because the answers were on tape, weren't they? The answers were <laughs> yeah. on tape. So he it's, would ask them something. And it was some, it was some, it was some random sort of thing. open university, 1950s voice. Yeah. And it was like this expert crab. And it was just amazing. It was a thing that stood out for me in the whole show. And it, so it was using pre-found, whatever you call it, found yeah. footage. Yeah. In a sort of weird way, and you sort of picked up on that. I yeah, I, I got, I've got a bit of an arts background as well, I think. So that probably I kind mean, of Vic fuels it as well. Background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, went, I kind of went to art school, sort of, sort of thing. University did an arts degree, uh, so you were allowed there to just kind of piss about and just do whatever you wanted, basically, and try stuff out. Because um, your your style is sort of you you take uh, for audio from other places and then you edit it mm. and, and mix it up with. Uh, visual stuff yeah. in an abstract way yeah so how do you I mean if you're doing a big field episode yeah how, how do you how does that, that start right. that, what's the process of getting one together okay it all seems so random yeah well I think sometimes you have ideas in the back of your mind you might have visuals you might say oh right I really want to do something with lots of pairs of legs you know and that happens because uh, sometimes I'll be out chopping for props uh, and I went to a car boot sale, for example, and I was walking around and found this box of legs. Just a, <laughs> a box of, like, you know, like for display things for shoes. Uh, yeah. And there's a box of them, like six quid for eight legs. That's, that's I, good value. I, I, I got, it's not I mean, in real terms, that's excellent terms, value. about 80 pence a leg. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, immediately, when you, you get something like that, you, you've got it in the back of your mind thinking, oh, right, I'd really like to use those in something. So you have a, a back collection of props that you know you can just drop into. Then I guess it's just thinking, in, uh, certainly with Big Field, it's thinking what are the targets, who, who, are the, who are the shows that we want to get at, who are the shows that we think deserve a bit of <laughs> ribbing. Um, and um, so something like the Len Goodman show that uh, we did, um, that obviously I just watched that show and was in complete amazement. What the hell is this? What is this show? What? Why is it on? I have no idea what it is. Um, so I just thought I've got to break it down and do something with this. And um, I think it's the same like with the pointless one. Sometimes it's the interactions with the contestants and the most banal things in the world. And because they're banal, they're quite funny. Um, and so I kind of just made this thing with Len talking to 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 uh, contestants but obviously you've got the whole of the shows to pick bits of Len out so if you want him saying something completely random to you know sometimes as well if you're clever about it you can generate words that he hasn't said by cutting two different words I remember in the very first big field we did we had Jack Hargreaves saying tits. <laughs> yeah. Now, obviously, he didn't say tits. Jack Hargreaves would never say tits. I, ne I, I imagine tits never passed his lips. So you got that from like him talking about a bird or yeah, something? Yeah, I think titbits. I think the word titbits was there, and I just kind of cut out the middle bit and just had tits. And it was just... I think we were just like schoolboys laughing at it. Just oh, like, we've got chaos, we've seen tits. It is sort of quite a sort of schoolboyish type humour. Yeah. The, the humour of the sort of absurd, I think. Yeah. It's a lot to do with being like a kid. It's, you know? it's yeah. Dardarist in a way. Yeah. It's, 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 it's going back to being eight years old and yeah. being mucking about. And Freedom. Yeah. And that, yeah. That, I think that is missing from a lot of comedy at the moment, like stand up to me. It's just, you know, a lot of it seems to be. But how, how much of it gets 
taken out on the journey you know yeah. you, you, you wonder that because I, I have been involved in stuff before where I've, I've you know had quite off the wall hang on phrase but off the wall idea for something and then it's got uh, sort of sanitised on the way uh, A because the commission editor makes a suggestion and every suggestion the commission editor makes you've got to jump out which is not true, but when you're working with a producer who really wants a commission, they just take everything that the commission editor says literally. So um, what, what sort of what do people say to you? What do the people in those positions say to you when you're making something? Do they say to you, "Don't do that"? Um, no, they'll make alternative suggestions. They might say that might not work with the audience we've got in mind. I mean, that's that's quite often because different channels have certain or you know perceived audiences. I mean, I'm not sure if I entirely agree with that because I think um, if something is good, it will find an audience. People will go to it anyway, no matter where it is. So how do you? So do you now present the stuff to the commissioning people and say, "Here it is," and then they say, uh, "Not sure about that bit. Mm. Not sure about that bit." Or do they just say, "Oh yeah, great"? Um, they tend. I, I think they're a bit more trusting now that I've done Bigfield. They're quite happy. They know that you know I don't necessarily have to make a demo of it for them to kind of get where I'm going with it. There's a couple of things that I've got in at the minute that I've kind of just about to get off the ground. Hopefully, um, where that's been the case, where I've uh, gone in and um, described the ideas and they've they've run with it and not really. I mean, the only concessions certainly when we were doing big field was um, you know making sure that the targets were right so whereas early on we might have been going for shows like EastEnders or things they were broadened out so by the last series I was doing Love Island and you know they were just yeah. much more directed to the audience that they that they were hoping to catch see, see I get really like, annoyed by TV these days I just, mm. you know I get like really ludicrous for some reason don't. I get angry about don't. it <laughs> it's not worth it <laughs> do it's you ever get I mean or you're just like this is ludicrous let's make a silly film of it and let's um, make a spoof of it and you get your annoyance I think, out that I way think ang- just... I think anger about it is counterproductive right but you, do you know what I mean I know what you mean definitely <laughs> no I, yeah. yeah I think you can watch things and think Jesus how did this end up on but the more you think that, right. the, the more negative everything feels. And yeah, yeah, you just yeah. got to push on and go, right, well, I'm going to do this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and just... I wonder whether that might have been something to do with why you parody these shows, because you can't stand them. Is it more like a bemused sort of... Yeah, I, it's some of them, some of them. I think some of them uh, actually quite like the shows, but they're, they're good to do. Yeah. So, I mean, Graham Norton show, I love the Graham Norton show. I think he's brilliant. Um, but... There's so much material on the BBC archives there that it'd be just silly not to do it because I've got I've got the archive to play with, so I can make anything. It must be so great to make your own stuff. I mean, that is you're in a good position, a very good position there. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I I guess I take it for granted now because it's something that I've always done. That I've always uh, I don't tend to sort of write things and give them to other people. I tend to make things. It's all part and parcel of the same process. So the ideas, the writing, the producing, the directing, it's all part and parcel of the all, all the same process. The edit, taking it through past there, it's getting from one end to the other. And I think, you know, being part of that whole process is really important. Do you have like a big team with you? Is it a very small crew? Very t- I mean, 
I think the the budget for the the, the BBC Three things are very is very small. So the, the team is very small, handful of people. Um, so I don't tend to gem, you know I, I will have a um, director of photography doing all that side of things. Uh, I can suggest shots and stuff, but it's quite nice having somebody else's eye on things and go, oh, what about this shot? Um, which is quite nice, takes a burden off sometimes. What about using props? Is that ever a problem, or is that or is that easy enough? You keep blowing things up and in the middle of a field. Yeah, it must uh, be fun, but a bit complicated, or is it straightforward enough? No, um, I think the most ambitious thing we ever did really was in the first series when we we blew up some cheese, <laughs> we blew up a block of, block of cheese, and we blew up a microwave. Yeah, um, but it was great because we were working alongside BBC Three. Uh, they were well averse to all this stuff. They were able to contact like these pyro people who were from Birmingham, I think. And it was a like father and son team who came out. Always and is in the pyro game. They, they're gonna blow up they, they, yeah, they, yeah, they just like blowing up things together. Wow. It's bonding time oh, between them, <laughs> which is quite ironic considering <laughs> the output. Yeah. Can I have their number because I may, um, <laughs> seven? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. So you and you. So you've, you've got quite a lot of sketches. You still do lots of sketches to you online, or is that just a sort of part-time, occasional thing now? Because you've got a lot of sketches on YouTube. And yeah, I try to do them when I can. It's quite hard to have the time to do everything, I guess. You're, you're working full-time as well? Um, like, I'm not at the moment, actually. Yeah. Um, I am supply teaching at the moment, which is great when there's no school on, because I don't do anything now. <laughs> uh, so I'm actually not doing a thing at the moment. Oh, cool. um, but potentially, uh, in the near future, I will be. Um, Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, my yeah, thread there. Yeah, I've lost yes, my thread. He's gone yes. He's, yes. he's chosen the option yes. yes. But you've been doing this sort of style yeah. for a long time, yeah. using the old yeah. footage and things like that. Yeah. Did that just sort of fall into place? You thought, this is this Something works. always, yeah. Um, I remember um, I, when I was growing up, maybe about 14 or 15, um, <laughs> there was this amazing thing uh, called the Amstrad Studio 100. Um, basically it was um, there was an advert for it on, and it kind of bigged it up like it was a four track studio and it did all that it was a DJ thing and it was a record deck and like I, uh, I managed to persuade my folks to buy me one and um, that got me into audio stuff to be honest I started messing around with audio things you could start to speed things up and play things backwards and I was into the Beatles as well so that you can know. it at all? Pardon? Can he ever? Maybe? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was an amazing television visionary. I think certainly his late seventies stuff. In an odd way. Yeah. You know. Well, I think it comes from his DJ background. He used to do all his multi-tracking and mm. all his songs and stuff. So yeah, I kind of used to do a lot of that. Um, and then I think I was at college, and there was this project in it when I was doing this media studies course where you could make a scratch video it was just like getting bits of other footage and putting them together along a, a similar theme and uh, I made this really bad taste thing I had the music happiness by Ken Dodd um, but all images of like famine <laughs> and war and it was it was hor- I mean it's horror it was horrible but it just it it really opened me up to the idea of visuals versus sound and what you could do with that, the impact you could get from having something that you see against something that you hear and the combination of those two things will either horrify you or it'll make you piss yourself 
And so what has the reaction been to, to, to Big Field, generally speaking? Has it been... Because uh, I found... I don't know how I found it. I think I saw something on British Comedy Guide. And I, right. I, I think I just saw a picture of a door in a field. Yeah. And I just thought, oh, That's okay, smart, I, yeah. I understand that. Yeah. Again, ripped off Spike. <laughs> ripped off Spike. Right. Completely. Any, what, bed sitting room or queue? The, the, or? Oh, bed sitting room definitely was a massive influence. If you just look at the, the mise-en-scene of that, that was just beautiful. It's, a, it's one of my favourite films. It's so beautiful and hilarious. Um, but no, there's a, there's a queue where it's um, doctor surgery and um, he asked the doctor to go and step outside and say that. And it cuts, <laughs> and he's yeah. just in the middle of a field with a door. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and it yeah. was a conscious lift. It was just like I yeah. want that. I want a door in a field. There's uh, something not. And again, it goes back to Python. They did. They had yeah. a lot of those sort of films outside. Yeah. Yeah. In, in fields. Yeah. I think all those sixties, seventies. They they did all those filmed elements. So if you look at Python. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Marty Feldman as well. Where did and that come from? Like from watching on YouTube? I don't remember being on TV very much. Marty Feldman. Marty Feldman, yeah. Uh, I remember seeing something on Channel 4 in the late 80s, early 90s, and it was a compilation of not even his BBC series, it was an ATV series that it did. It was a half-hour thing. And that's a link to Python, isn't it? Cause of, yeah, uh, oh, Terry Gilliam. Gilliam's Gilliam did the animations. Um, but amazing stuff. Uh, and all, yeah. a lot of it, Location outside and weird things happening. Oh, yeah. I mean, the loneliest of long distance golfer is potentially the best sketch that's ever been made. Full stop. I I lay my reputation on the line. I say, yes, watch (laughs) that and tell me it's not the best thing ever. It's just so beautifully shot um, and it's. It's hilarious, and Feldman himself, I think you could compare him quite easily to Keaton, Chaplin. He has that that quality about him, uh, and it's just an amazingly inventive little sketch. Yeah. Uh, all shot outside, um, and yeah, I would say that, that again, that's another massive influence, I think. And are you are you going to? develop this sort of style into sort of longer pieces are you going that's to the plan um, I'm in talks at the minute to talk uh, to, uh, for a new sort of well it could be either more short things or it could be a longer thing but using the same technique but not necessarily in the field uh, because that is a pain in the arse if I'm absolutely <laughs> honest is it? particularly in February mm. uh, I mean the last series we were really lucky um, m- managed to get it commissioned and all written and stuff in the summer so uh, I think we shot it early October last year just as the summer was ending so we just had that last breeze that last week of summer which is perfect for it um, but in previous series and in the pilot oh no not in the pilot but the previous series um, yeah February half term cold um, wet horrible uh, short shooting times as well so your uh, stuff cool. reminds me. Of st- like I used to when I started getting interested in comedy, I, I started doing things a bit like what you did because I did. I used to just do these little cine films. Yeah. You know, or did you have a cine camera? Yeah. Wow. And just would go outside because you couldn't really film inside because it just looked out in the light. Yeah. And you just you know I just film people throwing dummies off a shed or yeah. something. Yeah. Well, what do you think about things like the goodies? Is that something you remember or is that too? too no, no, early? no. I love the goodies. Mm. 
Mm. I love the goodies. Because um, they're quite visual, a lot of that yeah. side. A lot of it's like a cartoon or something. I, I think I, I think watching them back now, it's hard to kind of... Um, I think they have great segments. That's the thing with the goodies. There's brilliant set pieces. Uh, the narratives don't work so well now because I just think that's a fashion thing and it's the way TV's developed. The, old, the narratives feel a bit slow now and I think that's just a natural progression. But... Particularly that you know when they do their typical sort of chase thing in the last sort of five minutes, uh, some brilliant set pieces. I mean, I always remember the um, the magic roundabout. Uh, that was a big thing when I was a kid. Uh, having the huge roundabout, magic roundabout toys chasing them round yeah, uh, was just yeah. amazing. And you look at it money, now. The amount of money that must have cost as well. But you look at it now, and it's so rickety. You look at you, you actually look at the props, and you think actually it. You know, those props weren't as good as you thought they were when you first saw them. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, now, uh, yeah, I suppose the only thing that puts me off the goodies is Bill Oddie's soundtracks <laughs> with the wah-wah guitar. It's a little bit, it's a little bit, it's a little bit pornographic. So who does it? So your music is all on other records and things. I'm just trying to think if there is music in what there is, isn't there? But it's... Yeah. Um, it's, old, it's, it's old hard. Shows or... Yeah, I think copyright puts uh, a bit of a, you know, problem in the way of using some music. Um, but the great thing is now. I mean, a lot of people ask, how do you, you know? Even when we, it got commissioned, I was thinking, how on earth are we going to do this? We've got all this copyright material. How are we going to get away with it? And it just so happened, talking to the legal team at BBC Three, that months before a law had been passed for, uh, for basically fair use of material for parody so as long as we could govern what we were doing as parody it was fine to use it so uh, I think that's where we've struggled <laughs> I think that's where we've struggled with music sometimes because it's not been strictly parody so we've had to take it out um, I mean a lot of my other stuff I try and just use obscure stuff I mean I love vinyl I love obscure vinyl I love just finding stuff and just putting stuff together um, there's a film on YouTube uh, which I made with Johnny called Beef and Eggs. Um, I've seen that, yeah. And that is all made up of kind of little snippets from telly, but also from uh, speech records and random instrumental things that I've just found either in car boot sales or charity shops or online. Um, and I just like the combination of those things that you know you could bring all these disparate things together and make something whole out of it so you, and you've got a sort of abstract sort of approach really I would say I mean, mm. you gonna, is that what you're going to develop as you go on I mean people saying is that are you sort of you're comfortable in that sort of style you're not going to go and do something completely realistic next day or something like um, that <laughs> I, mean, no, I don't I don't the ideas that I tend to have tend to be a bit wacky yeah. Um, to use a, I don't know if there's a better word. Um, uh, abstract. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's a word. Madcap. Yeah. yeah. Oddball. Oddball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, zany. Zany. Yeah. See, that's what I like. I mean, that's what that's my favourite thing. And there's not an enormous amount of it, as I say. Not no. in the mainstream. And it's, your stuff isn't particularly uh, rude or anything, which I no. like as well. Because no. I think there's a danger of like a lot of comedians just go for the uh, offensive thing. Yeah. Which is a bit boring to me. Yeah, and sure. You do, do you consciously avoid that, or you're not that? You're just not that bothered about doing. Uh, something more I think it's a, it's probably more of a conscious thing. I think 
the, the thing is, I guess if the matter arises and it's a good gag and it makes me laugh, then I'll probably use it. I mean, we did one on Naked Attraction where there were all sorts of horrible things that got said in that show and it was just like, how can I not use, you know, him them saying like hairy balls or something like Because it's just right. the phrase hairy balls is yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but um, what's the what's the reaction been to like to big field? I mean, you know, generally from the public. And yeah, I, I think the the first first one we put out, I think the major thing because it was on Twitter, we had a lot of um, big names sort of backing it. So certainly like Bob Mortimer, Peter Serafinovich, uh, Robert Popper, um, latterly Mark Gatiss as well. Uh, had several sort of big comedy names, uh, Danny Wallace. Um, they all helped you out in some way. Yeah, yeah. They, Rufus Hound. They've all kind of uh, leapt on it and retweeted oh, right. it, and that's you know, as you know, on, you know, on Twitter, you know, it's like shouting into a vacuum mm. unless you get the backing of somebody who's got lots of followers, and then suddenly things can take off. Yeah. And it was just, it was quite a joy, really, just to put that out and just see it go, bum, 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 and go, you know, do really well. And are you going to, so are you developing something with more of a narrative, or is it going to be more of a sketch thing? Can you give us a clue, or is it? Um, well, it has the potential to go both ways. Uh, the way that I've pitched it at the moment is that it could be a series of individual vignettes, or all these things could be tied together in a more weaving narrative, which means we can go back to characters and come back to them and stuff. So, almost, I mean, a big influence actually that I'm thinking at the minute is Stella Street. I don't know if you remember Ooh, Stella yeah, Street. Yeah, 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 the yeah. idea that you know have loads of people, loads of famous people on the street. Um, but obviously, they did that with impressions, and that was really well. I would do it in a, obviously a different way with the audio cut-ups and things. Oh, really? That um, sounds really good. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's sort of thinking along those lines of uh, that really I mean Palin and Jones sort of did a lot of that outside material didn't they yeah you know they were seeing very ripping yarns and <coughs> ripping yarns and stuff yeah. like that and I guess yeah. Terry Jones became a director I guess because he had a yeah he had a, a visual view of yeah and, you know, he's an influence on you or he's somebody you, Definitely. you like and I've shook his hand at a book wow. signing. Yeah. So have I, believe it. Have you? Yeah, that was years ago. <laughs> yeah. It was like Ripping Yarns, actually, the book, when that wow. came out. Right, right. I, and check out Vision On as well, because to me, I know, yeah. you, I think I, think I said to you before, you, link, you, yeah. didn't, you didn't, weren't aware of it, but there was a was guy who used bank. to do, uh, the, I think called the professor, where he used to do filmed inserts, yeah. everything, in fields, with like, yeah. people in beds, yeah. doors. Yeah. You know, it's really similar to what you did, and it reminded right. me of that as well. Right, right. You know, you might like that, but right? Know, but it just reminded me a little bit of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as I say, it's, it's my favourite thing on telly. And um, well, thank you very much. Good luck with the, all the rest of the. I'm sure you'll go even further up. Thank you very and, uh, much. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. kind. Thank you very much for uh, coming down. Andy, anything you'd like to add? Or um, right, favourite or? sound? <laughs> hey. Okay. Fav- hey. No. No. <laughs> Okay, so just, I thought you were asking me. No. Okay. Right. So just Not to confirm, favourite sound was. Eh. No. Okay, I'll right. not say that. Um, number. Uh, oh, you put me on the spot now. Um, <laughs> Twenty-three. Twenty-three. Is oh, that he's, right? He's he's he's. Hold he on. Twenty-four. Oh, um, he's one out. He's, he's one out. That's that's this week's misdemeanor. That's, that's not too bad. Uh, finally, egg or ham with chips. Um, can we not have both? What is this world where we have to Egg, ham and chips. Egg, ham and chips. He's why gone we for all three. Why can't we have to choose? Well, that um, ultimately, that, uh, that's that's egg on top of the ham. 
And that concludes today's questions from me. Thanks very okay. much for your time and all support. Yeah. Um, well, may I be the first to wish you a Merry Christmas. Thank you very much. Uh, and a Happy New Year and or Happy Birthday. I look forward to it. <laughs> I look forward to all of those. Brilliant. Good day to Darren you. Darren Good day to you. Many thanks. Bye.